and her eyes were both drawn to it and repelled by it. She kept her gaze on Baumgartner, refusing to look at that damn clock again. Tick, tick, tick. Her hands rose to cover her ears, but she quickly regained control and smoothed back her long, heavy hair instead. Caitlin, dear? Baumgartner's voice was tighter and higher than usual. As his hand cruised up and down the length of his silk tie, light reflected off his fingernails, which had been buffed and coated in clear polish. His distress had apparently not affected his commitment to personal grooming. All of the Baumgartners liked to put on a good appearance, and Harvey was no exception. I want you to understand I did all I could. I know, she wanted to answer, to offer him the comfort he seemed to be seeking but the words stuck in her throat. She didn't know. Not really. Oh, sure, he'd tried hard to get her father acquitted, but who knew if a more experienced attorney could have succeeded where he'd failed? Maybe a different lawyer could have gotten her father's coerced confession thrown out of court. But Baumgartner and his firm weren't the only ones who'd failed her father. Maybe she could have done more. Both she and her mother had stood by her father, believed in him and loved him, but they'd left the matter of his defense to his legal team, a mistake she'd regret for the rest of her days. She should have done something. She should have made them see the truth, that her father didn't do it. He simply couldn't have. There's not going to be a reprieve, Caitlin. You know that, right? Baumgartner's hand stopped cruising his tie and went to his sleek, coffee-colored hair. The last chance hearing had already been held, and clemency had been denied. Baumgartner had explained it to her twice already, but apparently he feared she was still praying for a last-minute miracle. And he was right. She nodded. Then her fists clenched and pain cut through her so sharp and real it seemed as though the shards of hope she clasped had suddenly been crushed into bits of broken glass. There's not going to be a reprieve. The days of holding executions in the dead of night to allow for last-minute maneuvering by the defense were gone. Arizona was one of a handful of states that had decided it wasn't practical for executions to be held at midnight. No phone was going to ring. No messenger was going to come crashing through the doors mere seconds before the clock struck the hour. That kind of thing only happened in the movies. And this wasn't a movie. This was real life. Real death. She should have done something to save her father, and now it was too late. Her hands twisted together in her lap. She'd never felt this helpless in her life. All she could do for her father now was to be present here today. Her mother, however, had chosen not to attend the execution. She'd begged Caitlin to stay home, too. A child shouldn't have to watch her parent die, she'd said. But if death had come to her father while he lay in a hospital bed, wouldn't they both have been by his side? Now Baumgartner leaned in close enough for his tobacco-stained breath to settle humidly on her cheek. It's not too late for you to leave, dear. I'll take you home right now if you like. 
Again, words failed her. Her throat clogged, and the desperate sobs she refused to let out quaked down her body, rattling her knees and legs. Sucking in deep breaths, she jerked a glance around the room. It was a small space numbed by flat vanilla walls, rows of tan chairs and gray floor tiles. It was a room purposely stripped of any sign of humanity, deliberately designed to quell emotion. More people straggled in, claiming seats in the back row. One of the men was tall, with highlighted hair and eyes so blue she thought they must have been enhanced by tinted contacts. She recognized him as a local news anchor, but the others? She didn't know. The state requires a certain number of witnesses, and these were drawn from a pool of volunteers. Baumgarten.